Welcome to Wisdom and the Word podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley answers a listener's question from the Bible. Welcome to Wisdom in the Word. This is our Thoughtful Thursday edition, where we answer questions from our listeners from the Word of God. Today, we'll be taking a question that comes out of three of the Gospels. The synoptics uh, record for us a story, uh, the story of the rich young ruler. Let's get into our uh, study today. Uh, Notice what he says. Uh, Our writer writes, the Gospels contain some of the same stories of Jesus speaking. The story of the rich young ruler is in three of the Gospels. All have the same ending, but different insights about the man. Matthew 19, 16 to 22, Mark 10, 17 to 22, and Luke 18, 18 to 24 describe the conversation between the man and Jesus. Mark's version points out several actions and traits of the man. He came running and kneeled kneeled to Jesus, called him master, good master. He asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, These verses indicate that the man was seeking. He was interested. He was seeking Jesus. Jesus quoted some of the Ten Commandments to the man. The man stated that he had observed them from his youth. These verses show the man was of Jewish faith and possibly a religious leader. Jesus then tells the man to sell whatever he has and give it to the poor. He told him he would have treasure in heaven and take up his cross and follow him. The man went away sad at that saying um, and was grieved because he had many things. He had many possessions. Um, He possessed many things. Uh, He was a rich, young ruler. He was rich, young, and a leader, but he failed the greatest test of his life. Question. He left as he came, unsaved. What was the problem here? Why did that happen? Question. What insight is there for us when witnessing to people who might be seekers or seeking the truth? Note, Jesus did not use the words of faith or repentance in speaking to the man. Again, some people use this passage to be able, and they get a little confused about what Jesus says here and why he responds the way he responds. Uh, There are several things we do need to take note of here in this text. This is a uh, rich young ruler. He does come to Jesus and he does call him good master. And there's a little bit of different wording in each one of the synoptics about how this particular happened is from their vantage point, from their viewpoint. But the stories are essentially the same. They um, they all coincide together. And we know that uh, he asked him what he must do to inherit eternal life. Um, and of course, uh, Jesus' response was to keep the commandments and he lists the commandments. Uh, the man's response, the young man's response is, I've done all these things from my youth. I've, I've been able to keep all of these things. Uh, what must I still do? And then Jesus tells him that in order to be able to have in heaven, he's got to take all that he has, give it to the poor, and then he would have a place. And the man goes away sad, the Bible says, for he had great possessions. And so looking at this text, it's confusing. Why would Jesus not tell him to believe? Why would Jesus not tell the man to um, to come to him in faith and to repent and believe the gospel and to do the things that we often say when someone is seeking the Lord? And I'll tell you exactly why, and we'll get into this as we look at the passage, because there was something preventing this man from believing. There was an idol that had not yet been cast down, a, a problem that the man had, and Jesus actually highlights uh, the problem. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about this. Of course, um, he says to him, good master, uh, what good thing shall I do? Verse 16, I'm reading in Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 16. Um, and, of course, Jesus tells him uh, very clearly, he says, if you will, if thou will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, again, it seems by first glance that uh Jesus is saying that the young man, and by extension, all people must obey the commandments in order to be saved. But is that really what he's saying? Okay. Now, here's what we understand about salvation. Salvation is by grace through faith. Okay. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, Titus chapter three and verse number five, over and over and over again, Jesus tells Nicodemus to believe John three sixteen. We have all these passages that piled on top of one another that are very clear about the fact that the gospel is about believing. It's about faith. It's not about our works. Why did Jesus respond to this man here on the commandments? Well, first off, remember that this young ruler is, um, in the synoptics, as we read it here, uh, this young man, he's, he's described as a ruler, okay, which means he was a, a prince or a magistrate of some sort. Um, uh, no Roman ruler would address Jesus as a teacher or master. So it's assumed that this man was some sort of Jewish leader um, in the local synagogue. We know that he had great possessions, great wealth, um, and that Jesus later used this conversation with this man to teach the detrimental effect that money can have on one's desire for eternal life. If we look at verse 23 and 24 of the same text, you'll, you'll kind of see what the man's problem was. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what is he talking about here? Why, why is he saying it's hard? Because there was an idol in the man's life that he was not willing to cast down. And there was something that was preventing him from being able to come to Christ and to acknowledge and to acknowledge his sinfulness. In fact, what's interesting about this text, if you'll notice the commandments, and it's found in all three, Jesus requires or Jesus um, recites the commands to him. You'll notice in verse 18, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You'll notice the list of the things that he's given. But sometimes the issue is not in the things that have been given. Sometimes the issue is in what's not given. This man would have known the commandments. He would have known that Jesus didn't list one and that he missed one on purpose. In fact, if you look at the list, the one that you're going to notice that's missing is thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet. Obviously, this man's wealth was related to his covetousness. This man's wealth was related to his desire to have and to have things. And thus the reason why later on in the chapter, he is he goes away sad because he has great possessions. He has many things. And the reason why he is sad and because Jesus has essentially attacked his idol, his idolatry. Additionally, in this text, one of the reasons why Jesus highlights the fact that he skips over coveting and tells the man go and sell all of his riches is basically because the man had not acknowledged or would not acknowledge the fact that he was a sinner, that he had need for a savior. If someone is going to come to Christ, if someone is going to believe on the Lord, they have to acknowledge the fact that they possess some measure of sin. This young man says in verse number 20, all things have I kept, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? As I've done all these things. I have kept these things. 
And of course, we know that there is none righteous, no, not one. We understand that the scriptures teach that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the young man's problem is that he has an idol. The young man's problem is that he's very covetous. The young man's problem is that he uh, has great things, and those things are keeping him from coming to Christ in the sense that he loves them and he worships them. He's not going to worship the Lord. It's going to be difficult for him to trust in God when he really just trusts himself in order to be able to, to have. And so... As we look at the scriptures here, it's very clear when he says uh, to them here, um, he says, you know, gives them all the commandments, but he skips over this one on covetousness. Now, interestingly enough, as the text continues to go on uh, here in this passage, what we find is uh, the young man was sorrowful. He was sad because he had many things and he had great possessions. And so as we find this man coming to him now, again, notice he acknowledges, okay, notice he says, what good thing must I do? Verse 16, notice how Jesus also frames this good master. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Remember, uh, Jesus is going to say in one of the other one of the other passages, "Why call thou me good? There is none good except God." What's Jesus saying? Real and genuine goodness is found in in holiness and perfection. Real and genuine goodness is only one good that's God. You can call me good, but really and truthfully, there's only one that is good, and that is God. Now, Jesus wasn't saying he wasn't God, but Jesus was acknowledging to the man. The difference between God and men, God is good and God is perfect and God is holy and God is righteous, but men are imperfect. Men are sinners. Men are lost. Men need Christ. And so throughout this section, there seems to be a highlight of sin. Jesus, even in the questioning of calling him good, uh, Jesus, as he lists the commandments, skipping over the concept of covetousness, the man responding that he's kept all these things from his youth um, and that he's in good shape. And so there's a lot of, of issue here revolving around the man's sin. A revolving around his acknowledgement of the fact that he was a sinner and that he had need for Christ. And then we'll notice, of course, Jesus' teaching in verses 23 and 24 seem to highlight the fact that for those that have an idol of, of money and covetousness, it's difficult. I mean, Paul would say later on in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, and again, uh, we hear all of these things that people are deceived by riches in the scripture. We find that uh, seek not after riches. This man's life was a pursuit. A young man in a high position with much money, he has made his entire life's goal of pursuing after things. He's made his entire life goal of pursuing after substance and stuff. And as a result, he did not know his own wickedness and his need for a savior. And so it's interesting. Now, why did Jesus say, keep these commandments and live? Let's deal with that question. Well, remember that um, it's important for us to acknowledge that if someone were able to keep the commandments, then they would not have need for a savior. What I mean is the, only, the, the way that we understand the Bible is that we are all imperfect and we are all sinners and we all trespass against the law of God. The reason why we need 
is not just because we have been given a nature to sin, but because we as people, we sin and we nurture that sin and we have sin and we are not righteous people. We, we acknowledge the fact that we are unrighteous. All of our unrighteousnesses are filthy rags, the Isaiah 64 tells us. So we understand that Jesus is highlighting the fact that God is good, we are not. Um, and so when Jesus says, keep the commandments, if it were possible for someone to keep commands. By the way, Jesus kept all the commandments. Jesus kept every one of the Ten Commandments, the two commandments, all of the commandments in the law. He kept them all perfectly. That's why he could come and be our substitution. And it's the reason why by faith, when we place faith in him, we can have fulfilled the law in Christ. That is, Christ fulfilled the law for us. And so we are declared righteousness as his righteousness covers our unrighteousness. And so the scriptures teach that there was in through Christ's obedience, Romans 5, uh, that it was Adam's disobedience that brought sin, but it was Christ's obedience that brought the opportunity for us to be able to be declared righteous before God. And so this whole story seems to revolve around covetousness, wickedness, the acknowledgement of sin, whether or not this man really acknowledges and knows that he is a sinner, whether he believes genuinely that he's good enough to be able to get to heaven, uh, that he does not see, he's blinded by the fact that uh, he has been overtaken and has made an idol uh, out of riches and worships that more than he worships the Lord. Uh, all of this seems to be you know, clear once you kind of really study and expand out the passage. So uh, let's go back to the original questions. He left as he came unsaved. What was the problem here? Well, I believe the problem was the man's unwillingness to acknowledge his sin, unwillingness to acknowledge that he was a sinner, that he had need for Christ. Additionally, what insight is there for us when witnessing to seekers that as folks come to us and folks come and ask questions about eternal life, that we make sure that we are clear with them about what hinders them from coming to the Lord and that we share with them the gospel, which is to believe on Christ and have faith in Christ and to not be distracted by these other things in this world, that people must understand that even with salvation, while it is free, there is a sense in which we are acknowledging the fact that we are sinners and that we have a need for a Savior because you can't be saved unless you have acknowledged the fact that you have a need. And so I think for all of us, we need to make sure that we never skip over the matter of sin and the requirements of sin. I think this, this story here in all three of the synoptics gives us a little bit of understanding of that. Well, I hope this has been a help to you. I hope that little little uh, kind of study has been a blessing to you and answered your questions about it. If you have any further questions, you can send them to us. We'd be glad to take that, expand upon this, add any other information. If you have any Bible questions, feel free to share them with us here and we'll deal with them on our next Thoughtful Thursday. We hope you'll join us on next Tuesday as we continue on in our study of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 11, a great study as we continue on talking about the people of faith. And then next Thursday as we continue on here answering questions. Submit your questions if you have them for us. We're so glad that you've joined us on this Thoughtful Thursday episode of Wisdom in the Word. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom in the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.